When I was about 14 years old, no, no, it may have been later, may have been later. Well, actually, no, let's go further. Let's go a little further. When I was like 10 years old, um, I remember piecing, no, not piecing together, dismantling um, one of those old school, (laughs) well, old school, it, uh, I guess you can say in that time, it would have been a digital alarm clock which isn't very digital. It was just a, a boring, like, rectangular alarm clock um, that made an annoying buzzing sound that nobody knows today, actually, now that I think about it. But, um, yeah, alarm clocks used to be a thing. We not we, we didn't always have uh, our phones to wake us up. So I remember dismantling it and trying to piece it back together, which I did a bad job at. I essentially just broke my alarm clock so then about five or six years later i was 15 16 i did the same thing but this time i decided uh, i was already saved by this time i remember that and um i had a bass amp and um, i hadn't been playing bass long because uh, i remember the apartment i was living in was like right after i got saved but I did the same thing as when I was like 10 years old. I dismantled an alarm clock, but I tried to keep it intact. So I basically broke off the housing that was surrounding all the guts inside. And then I like paid attention to the wiring that connected to the speaker that was in the the alarm clock. Now, the one I did when I was 10 years old was just a boring alarm clock. And um, the radio function didn't work anymore, so I didn't care about it anyway. But now at 1516, this one I'm working on does have a radio function, and uh, which means that I can listen to AM or FM radio and play some music. And so what I did is I disconnected the speaker after breaking apart the housing, and I used a pair of headphones. I cut the ends of the headphones off the, where the ear earpieces were the earbuds and I spliced the bare wire I didn't know splicing what splicing was but I I did it and I um, basically you just I connected the bare wire positive and negative from the radio the alarm clock to these headphones and then the 3.5 millimeter or the headphone jack insert I then input that on the input of my bass amp. I, I did a pretty bad job of explaining that to get for you to get a visual. But think of it this way. There is a red and a black wire sticking out of the alarm clock that I dismantled. I connected the red and the black wire, uh, one red to one end and one black to the other end of the headphones where I cut the earbuds off. And then the other part that connects into like a cd player or something i put that into actually i put that into a converter a jack a quarter inch converter it would have been like a headphone to uh instrument connection jack and uh, i inserted that into my bass amp i turned on the radio to a station i turned on my amplifier and boom i had just upgraded my radio from the tiny speaker that it had inside of the the, the you know the housing it originally had that I broke off 
It was now connected to my base app. This was an experiment, something I did for fun. Um, nobody asked me to do it. I was just remembering how I had done it when I was little and pretty much broke that thing and then decided as I'm older, like, you know what? I bet I could do something better. <laughs> I didn't have an end game. I just thought it'd be cool if there's some way. Once I saw the speaker, that was what gave me the light bulb. I saw the speaker and I said, hey, maybe I could connect this to my amp. And I used, you know, a pair of headphones. Did it sound great? No, but I was like a mad scientist. As soon as I heard music coming out of the bass amp through my radio that I connected through a pair of headphones, I thought, this is amazing. And that was the start of Soundman Ingenuity. Um, To this day, there has been times where we don't have what we need. And sometimes that weird mad scientist will come out and i'm i for one am very grateful because i've been in a pickle many times uh a lot of times it's just irresponsibility you know forgetting things when i shouldn't and you know just that's just irresponsible (laughs) but i i do have this like rare ingenuity to lean on i'm not alone it's not like i'm the only i have this superpower that no one else can do yeah right you know, what's cool is being able to click with people that can hear this kind of thing and be like, oh, yeah, I've done something like that before. And, you know, and those are the kinds of people like, hey, we can be evil scientists together. So I wanted to get into sound engineering when I was young. Not always. In fact, my first choice was a mechanic. Um, I wanted to be a mechanic when I was uh, in high school trying to pick a college. Uh, that's a whole other story. But Um, I eventually decided I wanted to do something with sound engineering. And the reason was because of church. I was going to church and I was learning sound and uh, also didn't start learning sound right away. The way I started learning sound was I showed up early to concerts and different ministries and uh, the sound guys and the guys setting everything up would just be like, here, grab this cord. And so I was the cord roller, the cable roller. You know, I. I would either unroll it and and leave it for them to connect or eventually they would teach me how to connect things and uh, I would disconnect it and piece it back, you know, put it back in the in the bin. And that was my job for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed showing up early and knowing I'm going to I'm going to roll the heck out of these cables. And um, eventually they started to show me more. And I had a couple of mentors that were teaching me sound and um, now I did, I didn't know this right away. Cause in my head, I thought they were absolute geniuses. Like, wow, all of this equipment and the wires and the connection of the things and the sound of the stuff. And this is amazing because I didn't know anything about it. And, um, then as I started to learn, I realized they also didn't know anything about it. <laughs> and so, um, they obviously were just willing volunteers, which is what most, I'm just being honest, that's what most of ministry is. It's, it's a willing and able person that says, I'm here, I'll do it. And um, a, down the line, a passion and a burden is built, and that could then transform into something greater. And I know for myself, that's exactly what happened. I started off just willing, able, I'm here, tell me where you need me. They started to teach me some things and I started to take what they taught me and 
and wanted to learn more. And that meant a lot of self-research and self-study. And uh, I wasn't very good at it. You know, I had to get good at it. And um, I had to start being nerdy and, and kind of boring and, and read a lot. And uh, I'm not trying to be against anybody that reads a lot, but I had to. What I'm saying by boring is I kind of had to say no to a social life at some point. Not all the time. I didn't have to be, you know, I didn't have to do this. Nobody forced me to be like that. But there was, there was times where it's like, you know what, I'm not going to go out because I need to figure this out. And um, that I wasn't just naturally responsible. That happened when the guys that taught me how to do sound were no longer here because they were out preaching or at other churches or doing something else. And uh, I was left to myself and I was a mess. And so we would have a concert and there'd be a loud hum in the speakers or something would blow up or, you know, nothing would work. And it was like, you know, everyone just clap hands. We're going to be OK. And, you know, um, I didn't know what I was doing. So I needed to learn. And those were the nights where everyone was like, let's go hang out. And I'd be like, nope, I'm going to stay here and learn how to solder. I'm going to teach myself how how to use a soldering gun because apparently that'll fix some of my problems, maybe. And that's that's where it all started. I just started teaching myself sound uh, without knowing that I was teaching myself sound. I wasn't because that wasn't my goal. My goal wasn't like I'm going to become a sound engineer. It was like, you know, I, I need to fix this so we can have a concert <laughs> and, I, and I don't know what I'm doing, you know. So um, so I, I learned how to solder. I, I, you know, I started to do that. And then when I got my job eventually at Boyd's. When I was doing the audiovisual work, it was there that I got to put a lot of stuff to practice. It wasn't a sound engineering job. It was audiovisual, and uh, I had to figure out the difference. But regardless, I would see things that I did there that I did at church. And I thought to myself, hey, by bettering myself in this position, not only is it going to help me promote at work, but it's going to help me figure this stuff out for ministry. And if I can figure that out, it can help our concert. So it was like a really good win, win, win. So I started to study sound engineering, like a lot more than just studying a soundboard. Like I wanted to understand how sound operated and the science of sound and realizing that it's all about particles and air particles are going at different speeds. And they're going by the time they reach you, whether they're they're bigger particles or smaller particles reaches the different frequencies of what's high and what's low range and and understanding what frequency was you know i remember learning what uh the mid uh it was called the mid frequency knob there's either one or two depending on the soundboard and when i was learning this i had no clue what that was and they were just like oh yeah sometimes his voice sounds weird you just kind of mess with the frequency knob and it fixes it I, I, okay okay this is to so that meant to me the frequency knob is just kind of like the 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 voice you know modulator <laughs> it, it will modulate his voice a bit and make him sound different and later on realizing that that knob the frequency knob was a visual of the frequency bandwidth left to right you know you're looking at your low range your mid range and your high range in a knob and then what you do with the frequency knob is you identify which frequency range you want to mess with if it's the high then you turn it to the right if it's the left then you turn it to the left or if it's the low you turn it to the left if it's mid-range you have numbers on that frequency knob that shows you the hertz which is how it's rated and so you can figure out what kind of mid-range you want and then the mid 
knob. It's called mid, your mids. That's the range of the actual frequency range. You can then lower and raise based off of the frequency knob. I'm, I'm probably not making any sense to you, but I'm telling you that it was a revelation. It was like, oh, I get it now. I know what this is because I'm starting to learn it. And um, eventually, uh, I really started to take it a lot more serious. I started getting very passionate about it, and I wanted to learn more. I wanted to to like just be a sponge you know I, I wanted to just take in as much as I could and when I really took the dive and I took a, a sound engineering course with the help of my pastor he definitely pushed me in the route before I uh, made the decision um, I went to take a course and that first year I did learn a lot but I also realized how much I taught myself I couldn't believe that someone with minimal resources minimal resources being lack of funds i didn't have a lot of money i was young and the internet wasn't as good as it is today that i could teach myself as much as i did and then i went to that class and thought wow i did not know i was on the right track i I just was kind of shooting in the dark and was hoping for the best you know um but going to this class with professionals and these sound engineers that worked with artists and playing with their big end equipment was like, this is an eye opener. This is instead it, it kind of backfired instead of it making me so intrigued and interested, like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to take this course all the way through and finish. I was like, no, 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 I, I think I'm going to be OK on my own. <laughs> and um, I only took the one course, the second course. I would fill in for a friend of mine who was continuing it. And when he couldn't make it, I would go in his place and take notes. The teacher trusted me. He saw me in the course before. And um, obviously my friend trusted me. He knew I wasn't just going to lollygag and, you know, sleep in the back. He knew I was going to take extensive notes to hand over to him and give him some good homework because I was going to pay attention. And um, that was the closest thing I had to a college course that I've ever taken. It was on sound engineering. And that, that it's helped me in so many ways. And, and there's been times at the church, the, the older building of that we're in, when we needed things done, I can use what I was learning in the sound engineering course or when I was teaching myself audiovisual stuff while on the job and run around in the, in the attic, in the catwalk, which became a kind of a regular thing. I was, I was probably up there more than I would like to say, but, um, but I would, you know, run lines uh, from data lines to sound lines, audio lines to video lines all around the building to help, you know, putting a monitor in the foyer so that people can like a video monitor so they can actually see what's happening inside when they walk in in the entry. That helped a lot of the ladies that were doing sign in and stuff. Um, and then it was on a TV so we can put audio to it, which meant that I didn't have to you know, create this, I had to create this crazy, like rig up this crazy setup to give them a speaker in the front. I had to do that for a few years before I finally clicked like, Hey, this, we could do it this way. And it it worked. And then in the hallway, we did the same thing. We put another monitor there and doing that. And these weren't all my ideas. Some of these, this is why I love working under my, my pastor so much is, is he has this vision sometimes like he'll ask me a crazy question. Like, uh, live stream. I remember before we did live stream, we looked at it and kind of scoffed like, yeah, right. We're never going to do that. And one conference where we decided we're not going to do it because we'll, 
for lack of better way to putting it we just didn't believe we could he he just kind of threw a fast one and said i want you guys to figure out live stream this year and it was like a day before conference <laughs> so what did we do all day it was all it was actually on a um <clears throat> A Friday when we got the confirmation and our conference starts unofficially on a Sunday night. So we had a day and a half Friday night, all of Saturday and some of Saturday morning or Sunday afternoon. And all of that period, we were there beating our heads against the wall, trying to figure out live stream. And by the grace of God, by all of God's hand and glory, we were able to figure it out in a day and a half <clears throat> and get live stream going fast forward to COVID. by the time COVID happened um we you know we had to shut down and we had to figure out live stream no longer on just that weekly basis but on a regular everyday basis which meant we had time to really get good at it and perfect it now um believe me there's still a lot of kinks and uh, this is finally my time to Range the disclaimer that the reason there are kinks is because the building is old. <laughs> the building's old. The wiring is old. I can put new wires in there and guess what? They are band-aids. They are band-aids. They are not going to fix the problem. Um, if I really wanted to fix it, I would have to gut everything out. It's like a really dirty room. You know when you walk into an, a, re, a really horribly dirty room, but you know where everything is and you can function in that room, but it needs to be cleaned up. But the only way to clean it is to completely turn the room upside down and destroy it and then slowly piece it back together. That's what we would have to do in the old building if you would want everything to be amazing. And so what we're looking at now in our old building with video displays and live stream and and you know running audio through the stream all of that is like ingenuity of like breaking down an alarm clock and trying to figure out how can i get it to come out of my base amp you, you see what i'm saying like it's one of those things that's like we piece this together with willingness and availability and a good heart <laughs> you know and even though we know some stuff me and, and the <clears throat> the cruder that we have today Oh, there's a frog in my throat. <clears> Much better. Um, even though we know some stuff, th the truth is, like, we, again, it's like we need to destroy everything and repiece it together. And that takes a lot of time. It's not something you can do in just in between a couple of services. And um, I learned all of this. <laughs> and yeah, I am proud of it. But at the same time, I, I do give God all the glory for it. I can't take credit, you know, and that's something about the sound engineering industry that I have learned. Sound engine, not just sound engineers. I will say this. Engineers in general are the most arrogant people on the planet. Engineers absolutely believe the world would not spin without them. Sound engineers at concerts will say the artist is nothing without me. Mechanical engineers that piece together, you know, custom contraptions. Don't get me wrong. That is very hard. But for them to do like these custom works at facilities will say this whole facility would not run without me. And architectural engineers, this building could not be built without me. And 
And you, you get this. You, you get this a lot where these engineers have this mindset that things would not run if it wasn't for me. There's a truth to that, sure. But at the same time, it's a team player. It's, it's about saying like, listen, buddy, this is your lane. You're just driving in a lane of multiple lanes and you stay in yours. You're doing your part. You do a good job at it. Everyone else can do their part in their lanes as well. But they like to assume like, no, no, I'm the one paving the road. If it wasn't for me paving the road and, you know, they, they get this arrogant mindset. And I, I'll be honest, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I remember the first time having to shake hands with real studio engineers. The one that I met who was my instructor loved him. Love, love, loved him. He was humble and he really felt like it was overkill, the stuff they gave him. He felt he like I just I love that he didn't feel like I need the best of the best in order to do the best. He felt like, you know what, I can I can make it work with what I got. And and I, I love that attitude. But these other engineers are, are very arrogant and they're very like, oh, poof, you're still doing analog. Oh, and then the world of digital age. And how could you know? And like they just they scoff at everything, you know, but it makes me feel like if we got stuck on an island, you know, I would be able to piece together a, a full blown concert right in front of you with sticks and fire and wood and you know leaves and stuff and and you would be there like i don't have the newest equipment i can't do anything like that that's you know i'm not (laughs) i'm not trying to flip the script and be like i'm more arrogant than you no i i just feel like they really they're they they're limited they limit themselves and then they try to assume that we're better than everybody and that is such a lie you you have you have a role you have a position and when I teach the guys sound today, I try to let them know, listen, you ain't nobody. I can replace you with some random guy that just walked in and got saved a few months ago. Like, don't assume that you're you're the bee's knees, okay? Like, I can be replaced. Any Anybody can be replaced. That's the reality of it. You're not, you know, the, you're not it. You're, you're playing a role. You're playing a position and you need to do good at your position. And all of that came from messing around with an amplifier and an alarm clock. And I'm, I'm grateful for it because I would have never dreamed that I'd be working on, on video displays and all kinds of audio matrices and, you know, helping with programming, custom programming at homes and whatnot. And, and the reality is I'm staying in my lane. You know, a lot of that stuff... Um, I could really try to get down and learn more and do better, but I've, I've learned my lane and said, this is where I'm going to stay. And I got other guys that they go in their lane and they do what they do. And that's where the real work is happening. Anyway, just in case you wanted to, you know, learn all the science behind sound, that's, that's the whole purpose of this. But, you know, if I had to, if I had to add a little spice to it, I would say, don't short, short yourself out. You know, don't assume that, you can only go so far because God opened up these doors for me that I was dabbling with that had no clue that I could even get involved in. But God showed me a way that said, hey, this could be this could be huge and it's bigger than you. It's much bigger than you. It's it's God sized and it's not something you can handle, but I can help you with it. And that's what I felt like God helped me with with you know, staying late and researching and studying. It was like, hey, listen, buddy, just do your part and I will fill the rest out for you. And I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm very passionate about sound today. Uh, 
like I, I enjoy it I genuinely enjoy it and I I feel bad for my wife you know like I drag her through it all the time like I'm like you know I'm always like I gotta be here for this I gotta do this because I'm passionate about it but at the same time you know she is very supportive and I appreciate that ah sound man life sound for days I'm just gonna keep doing it maybe I don't know maybe can I retire early I mean, is it okay to retire in your 30s? Is that who do I need to talk to about that? I'm okay with I mean, I am a little tired, I'm not gonna lie. You know, it's getting hard crawling in attics and stuff. You know, it might be time to disciple this over. 